Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Julien Januskiewicz, is originally from Mio in the south of France, but has made Bordeaux his home for the last 15 years. He picked up a skateboard in his teenage years and a camera in his mid-twenties after a bad ankle injury and started filming his friends in Bordeaux and Montpellier. In 2013, he released the first volume of his Bordeaux exposure videos, focused mostly, as the name indicates, on the Bordeaux skate scene, but showcasing also skaters from various parts of the world. Aside from skating and filmmaking, Julian works as a chemical engineer for a pharmaceutical company in Switzerland and is also a young dad, so needless to say, he leads a pretty busy but fulfilling life. So here's my conversation with Julian. I hope you'll enjoy it. So thank you very much, Julien. I'm uh, honored to have you on the podcast today. We've been chatting for a long time via Instagram, and uh, I've been um, trying to shed some light on uh, the Bordeaux scene for a while now. I've, I've been uh, chatting with uh, Leo Valls for a while that I had on the podcast, I think about a year ago, or a year and a half ago. And uh, so I'm really happy to get you on and to talk about everything you do for Bordeaux and your videos and stuff. So yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. I'd like to be here. So I start every episode with the same kind of basic question with every guest and just, you know, ask my guest how he or she started skating. And so I read that you were born, I think, in the very early 80s, maybe in 1980, and uh, that you started skating around 10 years old, around there. And you were living at the time in the south of France, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're right. Around 89 in a, in a, in a small city uh, named Millau. It's really south of France, near Montpellier at a one-hour drive. So really 20,000 uh, people living there. So really a small town with not really a lot of uh, skaters at that time at all. So we discovered that via, via some friends who had uh, imported skateboards, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we, we asked our parents to buy a holy sport skateboard at that time uh, just to try and to enjoy the things. But it was really our first skateboard uh, with me and my brother because I have a brother uh, named mm -hmm. uh, Benjamin, Ben. Yep. And so we, we started together in 89. Yeah. So it was quite cool. Um, but there was no skate shop at that time in this in city. So the near, nearest skate shop was uh, at Montpellier at that time. Mm -hmm. But we did not travel a lot, you know, we were kids. So, so we, we bought this first Holy Sports, you know, to, to try. And then really first board was bought in Montpellier in a, in a small, uh, it was even not a skate shop. It was, I think, uh, a shop where you can buy uh, clothes. And there was oh, you yeah. know, uh, in the basement some boards. It was named uh, Creeks, you know, Creeks, the, mm -hmm. the store. And we bought this, uh, our first board. I think the first pro model I got was a uh, Matansley H Street. Oh, uh, nice. Skateboards. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really the, the dream for us. So, with the Sims wheels, I remember, yellow Sims wheels. Mm. <laughs> And we, we came back with this, uh, with those skateboards in Mio and, uh, we did that for two years. So skateboarding for two years with the older, older guy. Mm -hmm. But at one point they, they stopped, you know, they were older. So they left, uh, the city. And I think there was like, uh, yeah, no more motivation to really to skate. I don't know why, honestly. It was around 91, 92. So yeah, we dropped, uh, we dropped the skateboards yeah. and, uh, 
I feel like it, it was also a time in skateboarding around the world where skateboarding was not super popular like for a few years, like early 90s yeah. until maybe mid mid 90s. I never understood why, but yeah, it came up like, like that. Uh, but mm. skateboarding was always in my head, you know, all those years, but I did not, you know, reach right to skate between 92 and 96. Okay. But in 97, in the summer 97, you know, uh, we went to Biarritz with my, my brother and my, my dad for vacation. And I saw all those skaters, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the town. And I, I said, okay, I, I need to retry. I need to, to buy a new board and retry to, to skate because it was so, so fun for me. Yeah. So we did buy uh, Acme. It was Acme board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. A sketch, mm-hmm. in a skate shop. And, and I did, uh, yeah, retry. And um, it was quite hard because, you know, uh, I did not know how to wally and so on. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, but I, I relearned all the, the tricks, the new tricks at that time. I did not know about switch or stuff like that. You know, I did not... Uh, watch vi- any videos when I re- restarted, mm-hmm. but really the first video that I watched was uh, the mouse mouse video. Oh yeah! In '97, you know, a friend of mine was coming from Montpellier and he was a skater at uh, high school, and uh, yeah, he gave me all those uh, new videos. So I was like, yeah, really enjoying watching those videos and uh, uh, try to figure out, you know, how to flip. How to to and switch? I did not know. You know, I did not know what what was really that. And um, yeah, yeah. I learned I learned flip watching Sun Shife doing switch flip. In fact, and I did not know what it was in oh. switch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was it was quite fun because he, he put you know uh, her feet really uh, in a weird way. You know, for switch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that for the for the normal flip. So for a normal flip. <laughs> okay, I see. And so, yeah, my brother uh, skated, uh, re- re- relearned and skated with me uh, at the same time in 97 as well. So, yeah, I had like a motivation to, to go out and skate because we were mm-hmm. t- together, you know. You just mentioned uh, Mouse. Did you watch any skate videos when you first started around 89? Like, uh, did you watch any videos yeah. at that time? Yeah, yeah, we had some videos. I think the first videos I saw was a, a blockhead video, Adventure in Cheese. Okay. With a Rico Ward in it, I remember. Because at that time, I, we, my first shoes that I bought was uh, Ethnics. You know, oh, it yeah. was a brand before, before Ethnics. Ethnics. And they sent me a, a VHS with it, you know, with a box. And it was this video. And so we discovered that. And then, yeah, we, we saw Propaganda, Pro-Operata videos. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the three videos, Rubber Ship, I remember. So it really is the three first videos that yeah, came to my mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but after we, we stopped, so no more video, anything. Honestly, we did not touch any, any skateboards or any videos for six years. Okay. So it's, it's a blank for me. So. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, it happens. And, uh, and then you picked it back up in 97 and until today, so... Yeah, in 97, it was really a great, great year for me. Just re-skate, we learned new tricks. And then in 98, when I, I had been graduated at the high school, and I, um, I went to, to Montpellier for, for studies, you know, uh, yeah. science yeah, at the university for mm-hmm. one year. And it's where I, we had, I progressed much more because there was all those guys from Montpellier at that time. You know, Montpellier at that time was really a great city to skate. Yeah, there was a lot of contests, uh, short brain contests in uh, 96, 97. I mean, a big skate scene, huh? clearly. Yeah, there yeah. was uh, uh, Luc Anglès at that time and all the locals, da- Damien Berbon. I mean, it's really specific, but it was really the skate scene over there. Nicolas Rouquette. 
Nicolas Rouquette, exactly. All those guys, and we were skating with them, and I was so motivated. You know, I did I did not study study a lot. You know, I I spent the whole year to skate and party, so it was great. And then, yeah, in '98, there was this World Cup in uh, in Montpellier. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, part of the you know of all the, the skate contest in Europe, and there was all the pros coming up. And I saw all the, the pros that I, I did watch in the videos, like there was Eric Coston, Peter Smolik, uh, Saint Chefe, uh, all, wow. the, all the brand, all the guys, it was crazy, you know, I was so hyped at that time. Mm-hmm. And then after this year, yeah, I did not graduate at all, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I had to go to another university uh, near Clermont-Ferrand at the university to study uh, chemistry all right, uh, for, yeah. two, for two years, so... But I was still traveling between Montpellier and uh, Le Puy-en-Velay. It's uh, a small town where there was uh, this university to study chemistry. So uh, I spent a lot of time to travel the weekend to go back to Montpellier to skate, see my, my friends. So I did that for two years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about like your work uh, experience and um, and what you studied and stuff. But um, I want to focus a bit more on filming for maybe this first part of our conversation, if that's okay. Sure. We talked about you starting skating, so you had this little period of time where you stopped when you were a teenager, and then you picked it back up around 97. And then as you were like graduating high school, you were getting fully into skating and super immersed in it. At what point did you start filming? And um, did that come a bit later, maybe? Like the idea to start filming your friends and making videos? Or did that start around that time when you picked up a skateboard again? No, it was really much more later. After my studies and after uh, I arrived to in Bordeaux, in fact, it was around uh, 2008, 2009. Oh, okay. Oh, so like 10 years later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 10 years later. So, you know, and, uh, I was only uh, skating during my studies, you know, uh, then I went to Po at the Po University to get my uh, Master of Science in Chemistry, but I did spend as well three years in Evry uh, near Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were skating a lot as well at that time. And uh, my brother was in Rouen at that time. He was uh, working in Bud Skate Shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Famous uh, skate shop, yes. Yeah, so I was traveling. When I was in Paris, I was traveling to Rouen to skate with uh, with a local skater over there, with uh, Arnaud Bremar and the Bud Skate Shop team. So it was a great time as well. But uh, then uh, I had to, to go to Pau for one year to be graduated for my master. And really my first job was in Bordeaux. So that's why uh, I came to Bordeaux in 2007. Okay. And uh, I started to meet some uh, yeah, the locals in Bordeaux. The Bordeaux scene was really strong at that time. There was a new skate park in the Chartron where we I met all the locals. Mathias Eno was the first guy that I, I speak with. And uh, I met Leo and all the mini crew at that time. Oh, yeah. So we, we all skated together a bit. And really, I started to have an interest in videos around those times. I had a mm-hmm. small camera, so I did start to, to film a bit. But I really started to film when uh, I got injuries. You know, I uh, broke my ankle oh, in yeah. 2008. So, you know, it's a classic story, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you had an injuries, you want to be close with your, with your friends, mm-hmm. still to be uh, outside. So On the session, yeah. Yeah, and uh, at that time as well, in 2008, my brother had opened uh, the skate shop in Montpellier, popular oh, yes. skate shop popular, in Montpellier. Yes, yes. So he had, he had a team and uh, 
In 2008, there was a guy filming in Montpellier and I wanted that he filmed all the guy from Popular Sketch Shop. So I bought a camera for the shop and I gave the camera to the guy so he started to film in Montpellier. Okay. But for one year, I did not really uh, de-rush all the tapes, you know, at one time. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to think that uh, I could get the, the camera back to film in Bordeaux and to make a videos between Montpellier and Bordeaux. In fact, when I was out, you know, due to the injury. Yeah, yeah. So I started to film really in 2009, I remember, with uh, the first uh, HD camera, you know, it was a Sony FX1. It was a, a camera with a tapes in it, but first HD uh, camera to film with. Okay. So I started to film that and I, I came up with the first full lens between Montpellier and Bordeaux in 2011. Yeah, days and nights, right? Days and nights, yeah. So there was a lot of skaters in, in it between Bordeaux and, uh, and Montpellier, like around 40 skaters with parts. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did a premiere at the cinema Utopia in, in Bordeaux and in Montpellier as well. So it really it was really the full length, first full length for me. I think that was actually your uh, one of your longest videos, wasn't it? Like in length, that one was like over 30 minutes. And uh, I was looking at all the Bordeaux exposure videos. And uh, I think some of them are like over 20 minutes. But I don't think uh, none of them are, are as long as um, this first one, Days and Nights. No, that's, that's true. But, you know, there is kind of, kind of maybe trends sometimes, you know, during the years <laughs> to do short videos or longer Right, exactly, videos. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know if you saw these articles from uh, Jenkins Mag about you know lengths of videos through the years. It was mm -hmm. quite interesting. To yeah, see yeah. All the trends, and you see that during all those years, you know, video full lengths had a tendency to decrease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and uh, after that, I did three three full videos for of Bordeaux exposure and uh, a few other projects as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, I was working all the time, so I have full-time jobs, managing teams and lab laboratories in my jobs. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, during the weekend, I, I skate or I film. So you basically, uh, to do one border exposure, at least the second and the third, it took me three years. Yeah, yeah. And then each time I travel, you know, I try to film uh, people where I, where I travel. For example, in Bordeaux Exposure 2, I went to San Francisco yeah, for, yeah, that's uh, for right. a few weeks. So I had a, a section of San Francisco in, my, in Bordeaux Exposure 2, uh, meeting locals and uh, skating with them, filming them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I met Carlos Young at that time, Carlos in 2014, a legend from uh, Pier 7. Yeah, uh, really a cool guy, and uh, and Jesse Narvaez as well. You know, really cool. Yeah, skates for Magenta. Yeah, he's from Magenta, so they were really open and uh, and down to skate and film, so it was great. And the same for Border Exposure 3. I mean, it, it took me three years as well to film all those guys. So, but what is great in Bordeaux is that there is always someone you know traveling and going to Bordeaux mm -hmm. uh, from uh, everywhere. You know, so you always meet new people who are down to skate. So mm -hmm. it's really easy, I mean, to film and, and meet people in Bordeaux. It's quite small, so you just take your bike and you, you go uh, from spot to spot. Mm -hmm. You meet always someone and yeah, it's, it's great. Tell me maybe about like starting Bordeaux Exposure because so the first video came out in um, 2013, I believe. Yes. And I, I guess the name is a reference to Dan Wolf's Eastern Exposure series from the 90s. The third Eastern Exposure must have been a, a big inspiration for you, but uh, you were also inspired by many other videos from the States from the, like the 90s and maybe early 2000s and stuff. But uh, yeah, tell me maybe about just, you know, starting with the very first one and coming up with the name and the concept and everything. Yeah, so at that time I was filming uh, in 2012, 
But yeah, I was looking for a, a title, a name for the videos, and I spoke with a friend who suggested me this uh, this title, you know, Border Exposure and Inspired by Eastern Exposure 3. Yeah. So for sure it was an inspiration because the video is, is so good, you know, especially yeah. the New York section. New York section and uh, Ricky Oyola as well. Skating, Donnie street, Barley. you know, cruising and, uh, in black and white. And I was really inspired by this video. So that's why I, I started to film uh, or to put the video in black and white as well. Uh, right. Just to okay. differentiate a bit with uh, all those videos which were coming up, all in colors. And putting Super 8 as well. Uh, I use yep. a lot of Super 8 millimeter. So it was as, as simple as that, you know, it's thanks to my friend, Antoine, Antoine in Bordeaux, who suggested me uh, this. And so that first video, it took you about a year to shoot it, to film it? It was like to the year 2012? Yeah, yeah it took me uh, a year because I was in Bordeaux, so it was much more easier to film. I was mm -hmm. still there because end of 2012, uh, my, my company was closing. You know, I was working in uh, research and development in a pharmaceutical company in, in Bordeaux, mm -hmm. and it was closing, so I was fired. So I had to find, you know, a new job, and it's where, you know, I find this new job in Switzerland, end of 2012. Yeah. So... At that time, I did the, the montage, the edit, end of 2012, and in Jan 2013, I was in Switzerland, starting my new job. I assume like going to Switzerland was maybe there were more opportunities in the pharmaceutical industries out there. But uh, did you want to stay in Bordeaux ideally or were you looking for jobs kind of all over the place and just wherever you would find something interesting to do, you would go there? Like what was your thought process when you got laid out of this other job in Bordeaux that you mentioned? No, at that time, you know, I had my newborn in uh, September 2012. So I had to find a job, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was quite, you know, uh, important. And uh, I had this opportunity and it worked at that time to go to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So I had not, not really choice, I would say. I think it was a good opportunity as well to work in Switzerland like that. And it's quite, it's quite close from Bordeaux uh, by a flight. You know, it's just one hour flight if I wanted to go back. So I did uh, yeah, a lot of flights mm -hmm. between Bordeaux and Geneva to film and to go back. So it was quite easy. So you moved to Switzerland, so in 2013, started this new job. Yeah. Then in the following years, you did like the next Bordeaux exposure videos while you were working, but you were going back and forth between Switzerland and Bordeaux. And as you said, since you had your job in Switzerland, you couldn't really film or do much like skate film work on the week. So that took you a bit longer to do like these next two videos. Maybe it took you like three years to do one instead of one year for the first one. Exactly, yeah. It's exactly this process. Yeah, and um, and I, I met people as well in Geneva, you know, because there is a, a good, a very good skate scene in Geneva, yeah, yeah, in Switzerland definitely. in general. But we we don't talk about it, you know, really. But, but there is really good skater here. Sure. Uh, very cool. So I met uh, OG two thousand crew at that time as well. So I started to film as well in Geneva with those guys, with uh, Luc Boimont, uh, Guillaume Berthe, uh, Jordan Kejo. Oh yeah who is in studio, studio skateboard right now, pro for studio. Yeah, he released a couple parts recently that were pretty incredible. Yeah, super tech. Yeah, and uh, I met as well uh, Simon, Simon uh, Perrotte, who is really good as well at the time. He was quite young. So he's, he's the first guy that I met and filmed with mm -hmm. in, uh, in Geneva. So in fact, I was between, you know, the Swiss skate scene and the Bordeaux skate scene. So I mix the two, you know, together for Bordeaux Exposure 2. Uh, there's yeah, that's a lot right. of Swiss guys as well in it, plus Bordeaux and San Francisco section. 
And uh, what kind of made you want to go, still go back to Bordeaux during those years? Because I mean, of course, you had your friends and the skate scene over there is quite unique, as you mentioned earlier. But um, being in Switzerland, it would have been like simpler for you to, you know, stay in Switzerland and maybe go film in Geneva and Lausanne and some of the major cities where the skate scenes are developed, more developed. What made you kind of want to still go back pretty often to Bordeaux and keep filming over there and stay around there? kind of you know what I mean uh, it's really the friendship for me friendship and the, the energy that, that the, there was in Bordeaux mm -hmm. so you know it was obvious for me to, to continue to go back but as well there is uh, the grandparents of my daughter over there oh, so yeah. okay. we were visiting them as well you know with my daughter so it was a mix like that and um, and a good mix I mean uh, every good reason uh, you know made, made me go to Bordeaux for sure So after Border Exposure 3, you did uh, the series, like you started the Border Exposure series. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I just wanted to stop on Border Exposure 3 for a minute. So that one came out, I think, in 2021. And there's a couple of clips of uh, Tom Penny in there. And I just wanted to ask you about that because, like, uh, of course, Tom is a legend. And I think he has a like family close to Bordeaux. And that's probably why he, he's around that city a lot. Um, but how did you like connect with him? And, and did you film the clips that we can see in your video of him? Or was it someone else that filmed his clips? Yeah, no, I, I met... I met Tom Penny with uh, just randomly, you know. We were outside, and uh, he was uh, he was there with uh, you know Bordeaux friends because mm -hmm. he's friends with uh, Bordeaux guys since a long time now. Like Serge de Freitas. He was Serge de Freitas, yeah, and uh, Johan Barrio, uh, all the OGs. And uh, you know, I mean, we were outside, and I just met them randomly, and we started to film just naturally, and uh, I filmed Tom Penny, uh, yeah, just like that in the street, you know. It, I was so hyped. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it was so. It must have been a trip. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was so fun to see that and uh, and live that. I mean, but very very natural, very simple, uh, really a cool guy and uh, and yeah. He also has some clips in the first volume of uh, the Border Exposure series, I believe. Yeah, exactly. But it was uh, it was rushed that I did not use for the Border Exposure three. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. There's also uh, like some clips in the Bordeaux Exposure 3 of uh, the DC team coming through Bordeaux. Like uh, we can see a clip of Wes Kramer, of John Shanahan, uh, <laughs> yeah. Evan Smith. But yeah, that must have been fun. Like uh, how did you uh, cross paths with them? Uh, it's, it's a crazy story here because, because at that time, you know, I was working in London for one week. Okay. And I took a plane. I took a plane to go back to Bordeaux after my job, you know. And in the plane... I see the whole team or the whole DC team coming up, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> in the same plane than me. And Wes Kramer did sit just near me, you know. It, it was so fun. <laughs> wow, so, incredible. You know, I was wearing, you know, uh, not as a skater, I was wearing as a you know, normal guy. Uh, yeah, doing, uh, yeah. A really serious job. And I, I told him, <laughs> I'm a skater, I'm a skater. I'm from Bordeaux. I make, I make videos, you know. Showing him uh, what I was doing, you know, he was so cool with me. And awesome. then we, uh, we, we met, uh, you know, the day after, just to, yeah, to check out. And, uh, and uh, I started to film the crew uh, when we were outside. So it was a fun story as well. So the world crew with Thiago as well. Oh, Thiago Lemos was there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Thiago, okay. Thiago was in DC at that time. He had a, a heel bruise. He did not skate a lot, but... Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah, okay. There was Red Kramer, really a cool guy. Really nice to meet him. 
And so I wanted to ask you about the music you use in your videos because it's like super on point, always like really, really great music, like a lot of like 90s rap, but a lot of other stuff as well. And yeah, can you tell me about just how you decide on, you know, selecting songs for specific parts or for like specific moments in the videos? And do you like consult at all the skaters that appear in the videos regarding like selecting the music and stuff? Or do you try to keep that to yourself and you have a vision for it and you don't want to maybe have too many people coming in and telling you, oh, maybe you should use this or whatever? Like, how do you work around music for your videos? Yeah, it, I mean, it depends because it depends on the, the vibes about, you know, when uh, I'm editing. If you put all the, um, the footy uh, there and you start to think about a certain atmosphere, mm -hmm. Or it, it can be the inverse. I mean, you can have, a, you know, a, a great track and uh, try to fit with what you are putting in the editing uh, line, I would say. Yeah. It depends, honestly, it depends of the atmosphere or the ambience that I have uh, with the super hate. The rhythm as well of the skating of the guys, you know, yeah. it depends. So all of those things mixed, you know, you always find something. Mm -hmm. For sure, I'm really inspired by uh, hip-hop of 90s. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as well, trip hop, trip hop, hip hop, and uh, soul. A lot of soul as, as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really what's what I like to put in my videos. So yeah, it really, honestly, it depends. And when there is skate parts, I consult uh, the guys. For example, Leo is quite picky, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's really. Uh, yeah, he, li he likes to uh, control like what what his footage looks like. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he has really a thought process in everything he's doing. So, so for sure, we work together. Even for the some, for the editing, he has strong opinion about what to do. So, what is what is great as well, you know, it's it's great to work with him uh, on on those topics. Sure. And yeah, for for specific part, I consult and uh, we collaborate and we ensure that we are aligned about what we are, we want to use. This is a kind of random, but uh, I was wondering also, like, the credits in your videos kind of remind me of the girl videos. Is that on purpose or uh, or not really, like, you just uh, decided to put them like that? Or is that a kind of a reference to the girl and chocolate videos? Yeah, it's really uh, an inspiration from girls' video and transworld as well. Oh, yeah. I remember okay. where there, there was this kind of title, you know, yellow title at the end of videos. But I think, yeah, you, you write small girls' videos. But because this, this one, you know, mouse video, I, I did watch it, you know, 1,000 times. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. It's the best video for me at that time. It was so nice. All the tracks, you know, the songs. Yeah, yeah, the music is so uh, incredible. The music. So you, you've shot a lot of skaters throughout the years, like in Bordeaux, in Switzerland, in San Francisco and in other cities. Do you have maybe like one skater that kind of sticks out as someone you really enjoy working with? I mean, it's obvious that I, I did a lot of, you know, videos with Leo, Leo Valls. Yeah. Yeah, he had like, in all the videos that I made, he had the parts in it. And he, he was really pushing the projects with uh, other skaters in Bordeaux when I was filming with. So he was really uh, a pusher, or I don't know how to say that, but a motivated guy to, yeah. you know, to, to crystallize the energy for those projects. And uh, I always enjoy filming Leo and uh, it's a friend anyway yeah. for me yeah. since uh, a long, long time now. 
And also, he's a very specific skater. Like the, he skates,、uh, I guess, like nobody really skates like him. He's a very unique skater. Is that also part of like、uh, what you like about filming him? Not to say that everybody else is not unique, but he does like tricks that not many other people are doing. Is that also part of like the excitement of filming him? Is that you know you're gonna film stuff that you wouldn't necessarily film with other skaters? Yeah, I mean, he has strong opinion about what he wants and the way to do it. Yeah. And and for sure, it's he has a unique style and unique tricks. But he can do both. You know, he can be a very technical skater as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. So so it's what I like. You know, the mix between those two: technical skating and very、uh, you know unique or Japanese influence as well. So、mm-hmm. I like I like those, this mix. So I think that's why. And、uh, he had opened really my mind about what to do in, in skate because you know there is all those mainstream skating I would say with big spot, big stairs, you know. Yeah. All those stuff and there's really the, the streets and how to deal with the streets and、uh, just cruise. You yeah. Know, and ensure that that the spot is part of the tricks, in fact, and not only the trick. Really, yeah, the yeah, spot、exactly. is really has to be part of the of what you are doing. To me, yeah, the yeah. spot is the most important and how to use it. So it's really this mix as well that I like, and a very different、uh, angle to deal with that. And I was wondering also, like, do you have maybe a skater that you filmed in the past that really surprised you? I mean, in the sense that、uh, maybe you had a, you knew that skater before filming with him, and、um, you had a kind of an idea of what kind of skater he was, what kind of tricks he did, and stuff like that. But then once you filmed with him, it was like a completely different experience than what you were expecting. Is there someone that kind of、uh, surprised you in that way?、Uh... Not really. I mean, if I know the guy before, you know, I know what he's capable of,、uh, what what kind of tricks he he likes or sports. So, for example, I did a part with Gautier, Gautier Rougier. Oh yeah, yeah. Very、so, very good you know, part. I, yeah, excellent part. Yeah. So yeah, he has a unique style as well. Very technical skater. Yeah. So I know what he's capable of, but he had a lot of surprise because sometimes he he did not do how to do the tricks and learn the tricks on the spot, so which is crazy for me. Oh wow! He did a lot of things in this part that he never learned before. So you know, this is another thing that you know another dimension for me. For some skaters, it's like that, you know. <laughs> like it's that easy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So that's great. It's a great experience. I mean. Yeah! 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 His part was the last one in、uh, the third video, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that one was really good. Like he's、uh, really talented for sure. Yeah, he's very talented, and I think he he's lacking of、uh, exposure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a pity. That's that's not fair, I guess, for him. Yeah, it happens these days. With like some skaters don't get the the shine that they deserve. Yeah, I think it's not all a all a matter of、uh, networking and and stuff like that. So, but this is part of of skate, I guess. You know, there is tons of skater like that was who was underrated, for example, and、uh, yeah, did not deserve really、uh, what is happening. But I hope、uh, yeah, Gautier will、uh, will come back with、uh, another new part soon. <laughs>、mm, yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Another one in your videos that I really like is、uh, Alexi Grozar. He's、yeah. uh, also super talented and kind of、uh, also very underrated. But he's like really, really good style, good trick selection. Like he's a really good skater as well. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know Alexis since 20 years now. I met him in uh, in Montpellier at that time he was a kid. But we we skated together a few times, and yeah, I reconnected him some years ago, and uh, he was really down to film and skate with me for Bordeaux Exposures video. Mm-hmm. So he's really motivated. So even for the second one that I'm filming right now for next year. Yeah. He's down, so he's filming with um, Jérôme in Montpellier as well. So they are sending me footies when I cannot uh, come to Montpellier. So yeah, really cool, really motivated, really uh, nice style, uh, good ideas as well. So it's great. And so this latest video, the Bordeaux Exposure series, you released the first one, the volume one in uh, January of this year. So as you said, you're working on the second one. But uh, I was just wondering like how you approached this project because the first three videos were like semi full lengths, not full lengths as in like an hour, like a fully flare video or something like that, but like closer to 30 minutes with full parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. This video is a bit shorter. I think it's closer to 10 minutes or maybe 12 minutes or somewhere around there. Did you approach this project differently like keeping in mind that you wanted something a bit shorter or did you approach it just as a regular border exposure video and it just ended up being a a smaller edit as it turned out like uh, how did you work on this one no here for sure i wanted something shorter to be able to edit uh, quicker i would say and so it's the same sort of process you know every year there is new guy in bordeaux or guys who are skating really well but uh, lack of visibility so i want really to to be able to show those, those guys, you know, because nobody is filming them. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's a, really the first thing that I wanted to do since uh, I'm filming, you know, really film people which are not filmed. So it's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And for sure, yeah, it's an occasion to networking, meet new guys, traveling a bit as well. Um, I went to Tokyo in April this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, yeah. It was great. So uh, there will be a Tokyo section as well next year in my new new video. But yeah, it's really the, the most important for me is to, to connect, meet new people and show them in my videos because, you know, they deserve it. You just mentioned um, the second volume. Uh, when is that going to come out? Do you have a, a date in mind already or are you uh, still kind of editing it and working on it now and, and it will come out at some point next year? No, I decided to issue it around September next year. At the end of the summer, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like that, I, I, I have more time, you know, to film my, who I want. And I will add some uh, 16mm as well footy. I bought a 16mm camera, so I want to add that in, in the next video. I wanted to ask you just about like uh, skate videos in general. I just had a, a couple questions about that. Like, um, as we mentioned, since we began talking, um, you've been, I guess, heavily influenced by the 90s skateboarding era. You mentioned Mouse a bunch of times. I know that uh, the Zurich mixtape also was a very influential video for you and probably yeah. a bunch of other ones, maybe the FTC videos from Aaron Meza and stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm sure you do keep an eye on what's coming out these days, but also with like your work and your family life and all you do filming and skating. I don't know how much time you have to, you know, keep an eye on the videos that are coming out today. Are there like videos that have come out in the last years that you really enjoyed that you felt were super interesting? Or are you kind of more focused on um, the videos that you grew up watching and trying to stick to that vibe kind of? No, from from the last 10 years, I would say, no, I, I'm I'm staying aware about what is coming up. You know, I watch videos every week anyway. But I like really underground videos. I still buy uh, DVDs, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I want really to support, you know, independent skate video projects. It's really yeah. uh, what I like. 
And uh, yeah, 10 years ago, I was really inspired by Jeremy Elkin, videographer oh, yeah. from New York. I uh, was really like what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And at that time as well, I, I met uh, Colin Wedd, you know, who was really oh, just yeah. starting Spirit, to... Oh, uh, yeah, Spirit Quest. Spirit Quest, but it was way, way before that. He was doing other first video projects. I met, I met him or just chat him through uh, Instagram at that time or Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I was really inspired with Jeremy Elkin videos like uh, Elephant Direct, you know, Poisonous Products. All those video montage was great mm-hmm. for me. It's the one that stick with me. For the rest, yeah, I like really uh, Japanese video or independent skate video projects. There is a guy named, uh, he has a skate uh, YouTube uh, account named uh, Toyotoko. Okay. It's really raw street skating by night. Really few edits, really short, with really a lot of energies and uh, raw street skateboarding uh, in Tokyo. It's really great uh, in black and white very often. So if, if you can check out that, it's really great. What did you say it's called? Toyotoko? Toriotoko, he has a, a YouTube account. He has an Instagram as well. I don't remember his name. It's Matsuiba something. Okay. I don't I don't remember, but really enjoy those videos. Okay, interesting. It's not a really well known, but very very raw, authentic. Yeah, authentic. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, for more, I would say well known videos. I I like Atlantic Drift videos. Yeah, Jacob Harris. Yeah, it's really great. But I liked a lot, you know, Guillaume Perimoni videos. Like Oh yeah, yeah. Fishing lines with uh, all the fishing fishing lines. Oh yeah, it's great. I I love that. Yeah, yeah. Michael Macrot and yeah, it's really great. So those kind of videos I enjoy a lot, yeah. What about like the the static videos? Because I feel like those, uh, I can see a lot of similarities between Josh Stewart's uh, static video series and what you're doing with Border Exposure. Are those like videos that you enjoy? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Static videos, that's really, that's really uh, an inspiration as well. I have all the DVDs at home, so yeah. Did you watch the latest one or, or not yet? Yeah, yeah, I, I got it. I got the DVDs just last week, so... Oh, awesome. Yeah, I saw that it just focused on US skaters, but that's, that's great. You know, I like always the atmosphere, the way that he's the editing. Well, I mean, all the, the TOA, you know, theories of Atlantis edits that, uh, that are coming up are really great. I like really the atmosphere. Yeah. But I liked as well a, a very good video named Veil. I don't know if you Oh, remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't seen it, but I've been seeing it, uh, like people mentioning it on Instagram these last few days, especially with like the quarter snacks, uh, this thing like with a poll to kind of for people to say like, what are your top five favorite parts this year or something? And a lot of people were mentioning this video, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, I need to check it out. No, this full length is really great. Where is it from? Is it from the States or? I think yes, it's from uh, from New York, if I, uh, I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong, but all the spots are quite, are quite you know, raw, I would say. Very good skating or very good ideas. You know, it's it's just not uh, jumping stairs, you know. It's really, there yeah, is a yeah. research, there is, you know, a thinking process as well. As well. And the, the, the tracks are really great. So mm-hmm. I think it's Zach Sales, the, the film. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, really great. I enjoy it. This is kind of a silly question, but if you had to go to uh, like a, a desert island or somewhere super remote and you could only bring one video or maybe let's say like two or three max, what video or videos would you bring with you? I'm sure maybe mouse would be in there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else would you want to uh, watch forever? Uh, I'm sure, yeah, for sure the mouse, mouse videos, uh, one FTC videos, I think penal code and uh, propaganda, yeah. So oh, okay. Uh, propaganda is also great.
switching gears a little bit, but um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, we mentioned your work experience throughout our conversation. And so you, you mentioned that you were working in the pharmaceutical industry and that you moved to Switzerland to work over there in 2013. And you've been working there since then. But I know that you, you work as a, a chemical engineer and that you studied like analytical chemistry. But uh, I don't know anything about those. So could you t just tell us in a few words like what your job is exactly and what you do? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's really specific. So in fact, analytical chemistry is everywhere. As soon as you want to test something, you know, to test drugs or to know uh, how much contamination there is in water or, I don't know, to quantify a certain type of molecules, it's analytical chemistry. In, uh, in uh, any matrix, it can be blood, water, oh, yeah. know, pharmaceutical product, foods, air, everything. So it's quite wide. Yeah, yeah. But I focus, yeah, what I'm doing in pharmaceutical industry for medicines. So it's really to ensure and to develop methods to uh, quantify, you know, uh, active ingredients. Okay. Uh, which are in the, in the product. Like, for example, you have paracetamol tablets. Yeah. We want to be sure that there is the right level of paracetamol in the tablets and there is not toxic degradation product because when you keep your tablets on your shelf for three years, the active ingredient you know, is living, in fact. It, it can be degraded. Okay. So okay. you have to ensure that you have the, the right chemical tool to quantify that there is always the right level of paracetamol, for example, for three years, and there is not degradation products which are, you know, or which could be harmful for the patient. So we develop methods like that to quantify active ingredients identifying structure of uh, degradation products, molecular structure with really uh, specific, uh, you know, equipment named uh, mass spectrometry, for example. Okay. And we, uh, we, uh, we are able to separate molecules, you know, in uh, certain medicines by doing liquid chromatography. It's what we named that. So it's really specific, mm -hmm. but I enjoy it, you know, with my team of engineers. It's great. No, it's like a research and development work, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. Are you like much in the lab yourself conducting like these tests that you're talking about or are you more a manager at this point? Because you've been you've been in this field no. for like 15 plus years at this point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm managing people now since more than 10 years. Okay. I, I did start in, in the labs. I, I worked in at uh, Montreal for one year at uh, Environment Canada uh -huh. and uh, Agricultural and Food Canada for one year. But then, yeah, I started to manage people in labs and uh, managing people doing uh, chemistry. So I have, I have a team now and, and people in US as well. Okay. So no, I, I'm not anymore in the lab. And so we mentioned this before we, we started recording, but uh, I was wondering if your colleagues, your um, like maybe your bosses or just people in your work environment, do they know about your kind of double life as a skater and skateboarding filmmaker? Or do you try to keep those things very separated and you don't necessarily want people to know in your work that you have like this whole other side to your life? How did you deal with that? It depends on the people, you know, but sometimes I tell it, sometimes not. But what is funny is that one one of my uh, chemists in my team was a skater, you know, two years oh, ago. Oh yeah, okay. I had someone in my team and he was a skater, so I, I did connect with, with him on, on that. So yeah, yeah, he was skating, awesome. which is which is fun. So yeah, it depends. It depends on the guys, but usually I can say it. Yeah, if it's the, the right moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So uh, at the end, I mean, the whole crew, uh, my team is knowing that, so it's fine. I mean, mm. that's cool. 
But you know, I still I still work in Switzerland, but since six years now, I'm living in Bordeaux, so I'm not anymore based in Switzerland. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, since six years, I'm I'm based in Bordeaux, and I'm still traveling every week to Switzerland to work uh, three days a week and two days of home office. So that's why it's it's easier to film, you know, when I, I'm in Bordeaux. So so you're four days out of the week you're in Bordeaux. Yeah. So that's why I'm quite deeply invested in uh, in the Bordeaux skate scene through different projects and uh, skate urbanism projects as well since four years. Yeah, that's actually a perfect transition because I wanted to ask you about that. You mentioned to me that you were involved in those skate urbanism projects. How did you get involved with that and uh, what have you been working on for the last four years? Yeah, so you know, the, I think maybe you, you don't know, or you know the story with Leo. Uh, it was, I think, seven years ago, eight years ago, we got tickets for skating. It was yep. really a nightmare. Mm -hmm. We could not skate, you know, the, the main places in Bordeaux. So it was quite crazy. And Leo started, you know, to speak up about that. He went to the TV and, and talked about, you know, how the council, yeah, yeah, was treating us. And in the same time, took advantage of the, the image of the skater, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, a great sports and uh, how it's great for Bordeaux. But in the same time, gave us tickets for skating in the main places. So there was a, a whole process, you know, to legalize the skating by putting, you know, some hours yes, and days, exactly. specific yeah. days and hours to skate those main places. So yeah, the Leo did a lot of efforts to improve this. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, the council did start a, a project, you know, it's called a budget participative. So like a participative budget where there was 200,000 euros for making any project that the citizen would propose. So we, uh, we propose uh, me and, uh, and Vincent Dalman and uh, another skater, a woman, Swazik as well. Oh yeah. We, we put together a project, you know, to bring in the shared space, public space, you know, uh, skatable sculpture, for example, mm -hmm. or to up upgrade uh, skate spots. And uh, it has been the second most voted, you know, project among all the other projects, like uh, to plant trees or, you know, any yeah. other ideas from citizens. And it has been the second most voted. So, okay. so it was great. So, so we are involved since 2019 uh, to upgrade spots. Mm -hmm or to create new sports via upgrading the existence or proposing skatable sculpture in the public space. So it's not easy, honestly, because mm. there is some constraints or political constraints with, uh, with some people that we are working with. Okay. That's why it's taking so long. You know, we have made three spots right now in four years. And I think next year it will be really the, the end of this because uh, it's too long now. And we want to finish really the project. And we have still uh, money uh, to spend for the project mm -hmm. normally. So I think we will add uh, two to three new spots between now and next year. So it's something that we enjoy. You know, we work with an architect with, who is a skater as well. Okay. Leo is uh, helping us as well as a consultant on those uh, skatable sculpture and so on. And Vincent as well. Mm -hmm. It's just really long, you know, because there is always a constraint because as soon as you want to implement something in the public space, you have to talk to different parties, you know. Yeah. The local council of the specific neighborhood. If it's a private part as well, you need to speak with uh, the owner of it. Yeah, yeah. So there is a plenty of things that you did not think about when you start a, a project like that. But at the end, you know, uh, we are making it. Uh, it's slowly progressing. Yeah, so yeah. So we have already three new spots right now. 
the fourth one is coming up end of the year here. Mm -hmm. And next year, we are, I think we'll have two new spots upgraded or with skatable sculpture. It's the new approach that we want to bring, but to make them permanent, you know, not temporary, because every summer there is a, an exhibition, you know, yes, where yes. there's skatable sculpture. Sorry to cut you off, but I was uh, just thinking that um, you had participated uh, with Leo on this contact exhibition last year, last summer, I mean, the sculptures that were by the Miroir d'eau in uh, Bordeaux. But those were temporary, as you said, they were just there for, I think, a month or maybe two months. I'm not sure. Yes. And so what you're saying is you're working on sculptures that would be there permanently, kind of, or for a long time, at least. Yes, it's what we are working on to ensure that they, they are there permanently to really uh, share uh, the public space and uh, make them unique. It's what we try to do. And uh, the council is quite open for mm -hmm. it, but we we will see. I mean, it's quite difficult sometimes, all the discussion with uh, those political you know, representatives. But yeah, yeah. because we have to ma make a shift in their thinking process because they just think about Olympics and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Seeing that really as a sport and uh, it's much more than a sport for sure. So there is a, a lot of education to give, you know. Yeah, yeah. And to share with, with them to ensure that they shift their thinking process. Yeah, they're seeing it more as in the Olympics kind of prism where they're trying to maybe they want to implement more skate parks or places like that. But uh, you're actually talking about a more creative side of skating that would integrate into the urban landscape and that people would share the space with, not not like a a skate park that is completely isolated from the rest of the yeah, exactly. street kind of yeah you want really to integrate that in the in the environment the urban environment so it's like it's more natural you know not not really a skate plaza it's not what we yeah. we, we are looking for at all mm -hmm. yeah. Do you feel like this is changing with the Bordeaux representatives? Do you feel like they're kind of slowly understanding a bit better what you're aiming for, you and, and your friends, what you're aiming to develop with these uh, this skate yeah. urbanism projects? They are understanding, but you know, we are working with uh, the sports department for this. And I think it's not the right department to work with because, for example, the, the culture representative, the culture part of the council is much more open, I would say, to this kind of exhibition. Mm. So as a lesson and learn, I would say, I think this project should have been, you know, uh, shared with the culture representative and council. Because, for example, all the, all the exhibitions that are done with uh, Leo are done with uh, the culture council, you know. Yeah, yeah. And not the sports one, because sports departments are really seeing that as a normative things, you know. So they try to impose us really normative stuff. When we put a skate table sculpture, they want to put normative skate park rules on those, you know, sculpture, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. crazy, in fact. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the kind of discussion that we have, you know, and constraints. But we will, uh, we will slowly uh, do it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah. as you said, it, it's, a, it's a long process to change mentalities. Like a few years ago, the skaters in Bordeaux were getting tickets from the police for just skating on the streets. Yeah. And uh, a lot of work has been done thanks to you and Leo and a lot of other skaters in Bordeaux to change uh, the perception of skateboarding in Bordeaux. And it, I feel like it's spreading to other parts of France and all over the world. I mean, this whole skate urbanism movement, I don't know where it started, like really started. But uh, of course, Malmö has been a big inspiration for many cities around the world. But uh, yeah, so it's a long process. Yeah, I'm sure it must be sometimes a bit frustrating to uh, see it take so much time. But uh 
Yeah, I think it's participating to this movement clearly, and uh, Bordeaux is quite you know well known for this. Now I think it's starting to really be uh, being an inspiration for other cities. Yes, and uh, other skaters as well. Uh, we are seeing that clearly. Uh, people from everywhere are coming uh, to Bordeaux to see how it's working, uh, how this is happening. We see as well a, a trend in UK for that. I think to Nottingham as well. Mm -hmm. There is an association of skaters, you know, really uh, pushing for it. Yeah. So I think it's it's popping up, you know, everywhere. I guess now the training is there. So yeah, it's it's very good for the future of skateboarding. And so you mentioned before uh, that you uh, you just recently traveled to Japan in April, I believe with Leo, and I think you were with uh, also your partner and your, your daughter. How was that trip? Because I believe that was your first time over there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was my first time. You know, it was uh, like a dream for me because I really am um, really hyped about uh, Japan animation, mangas and so on since a long time. And uh, I was always dreaming to go there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it was the right moment to go for it because yeah, Leo and Remy uh, Luciani uh, had uh, the project to go there to do uh, Monstro de Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, that came out uh, a couple months ago or... Yeah, it came out in... Uh, last September if I remember well mm -hmm. on a great skate mag and um, yeah I spent three weeks over there with uh, my family for sure and uh, and uh, meeting Leos and Remy and uh, Jesse Narvaez and uh, all the locals you know Tokyo skater over there okay so it was a great energy uh, you know a great great time for me I think it was maybe one of the best uh, trip of my life oh now. awesome yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah I want really to go back because it was so great All is so different over there, but so oh, the sure, skate yeah. part is really is really different. You know, it's it's really difficult to skate over there, so that's why we we tend to skate uh, during nights because oh, yeah. you can be kicked out uh, in 15 minutes. You know, yeah, yeah. You have not really time to skate. You know, it's really 15 minutes. You have to learn your tricks and, and then you, you get kicked, kicked out. out. Yeah, but great great experience. You know, great great skaters, great skate shop over there in uh, Nakano, uh, Fat Bro. Oh, yeah. Fat Bro Skate mm -hmm. Shop. Yeah, I heard about it, yes. So it was super. So you said there will be some footage of your Japan trip and the, the upcoming Bordeaux Exposure Volume 2. Yes, yes. So I did, I did film Akira Imamura for a few days. Really good skaters as well. Really a lot of energy and a few locals as well uh, with them. So people not really visible in any other videos. So you will see. So we just talked about Japan and you've traveled um, to the States, of course, and you've mentioned Montreal, you went to Canada. If you could travel to any uh, city or, or country with a bunch of your skate friends and like film an edit over there for like a month, let's say, like there's no work, no, no taking care of your family, not, nothing. You can just focus on that for a full month. What would your kind of dream destination would be? Is there somewhere you'd really love to go spend a month and like film some skating in? Ah, it's a tough question. <laughs> uh, it can be a few places. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would like to more explore, uh, you know, Japan, clearly. I know a guy from Ireland who spent uh, one month in Sapporo. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there is a great scene, skate scene in Sapporo. So maybe I, I would go go there to explore more and uh, maybe more Osaka because I went only one day in, in Osaka. Mm -hmm. For the rest, I think like fishing lines, you know, trips that Guillaume Perimoni did, you know, mm -hmm. all those country, you know, where there is not a lot of skate footy. I mean, uh, I, I think about uh, Myanmar, you know. Oh, yeah. Myanmar, you know, all these uh, marble edges everywhere. It would be great. Maybe China as well, Shanghai. I would I would enjoy the marble over there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those kind of destination, yeah. 
And so the second volume of Border Exposure is coming, uh, the series is uh, coming out uh, in September of next year, hopefully. Do you have anything else uh, kind of cooking or other projects that you'd like to mention before we start wrapping it up? Uh, yeah, we are thinking about a uh, new project next year for Bordeaux. Um, in fact, I'm, um, I'm a president of a new association in Bordeaux named uh, City Skate Collective. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's an association to ensure to promote, you know, the skate culture and urbanism. Mm -hmm. So we are seeking to make events next year in Bordeaux with this association and uh, with Leo and uh, an agency to promote, you know, skate culture and urbanism. So I cannot talk more about that, but it's a new project uh, which is coming up next year. All right. Well, before we do the, the friends questions, I usually wrap up with the same question with every guest. And that's basically what would you say is the most valuable lesson you feel that you've learned from skateboarding? And of course, it's not just the act of skating. I mean, it's everything that goes around it. So in your case, filming, editing videos, traveling, like you've done a lot of things thanks to skateboarding. But is there maybe one valuable life lesson that you feel that you've learned thanks to skateboarding? Um... I think naturally traveling and, and so on, it's, it's learning you, I think, to be more resilient for sure, yeah. you know, and, and to be determined, I would say. So it's, you know, it's basic things, but it's what I learned a, a lot, you know, through all those traveling, filming and uh, meeting all those people. So I was a, a shy guy, you know, so it's to me, it's, it has opened a lot of things for me, you know, to mm. go outside and, and skate and meet people and film people. So it has learned me really to better communicate as well. So communication is key. So for sure, it, it has learned me a lot to communicate better and uh, making a lot of friends like that. So I think it's uh, the best thing that I did learn, you know, to communicate better and share. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up with the friends question. So I have a very first one here from Serge de Fretas. You kind of actually talked about this earlier when we started our conversation, but he asked, what was your first legit board? What brand and who's pro model? Yeah. You talked about it earlier, the Matt Hensley board, right? Yeah, I think I did talk about it. Yes, it was a Matt Hensley Edge Street, my first board. In fact, I, I got only two boards in two years at that time. So it was the Edge Street uh, Matt Hensley and the second one was a Santa Cruz Eric Dresson, Ever Slick. Okay. So it was uh, those two that I got, you know. So yeah, I great memories with them. And you, you got them uh, at the skate shop in Mon uh, Montpellier, you said? Yeah, it was in Montpellier at uh, Creek's uh, skate shop or kind of skate shop. Okay. And while we're talking about Montpellier, I have a question from Bastien Regest who asked, yeah. <laughs> who started skateboarding first between Ben and you? Who landed the first kickflip? <laughs> wow. Uh, Honestly, I think it's me, the first one to start. But for the flip, honestly, I don't remember at all. <laughs> I remember that when I, I learned to do flip, I was doing body varial, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the way that I did start to learn it, you know. I could not do any uh, normal flip, I would say. It was yeah, like body yeah, varial. Yeah. So it was like that, but no, I don't remember. Maybe I was the one or maybe Ben. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, the next one is from Ben, from your brother, Benjamin. He asked, if you hadn't broken your ankle, would you have put so much effort into filming? Yeah, it's a great question. I think maybe not, you know, maybe not. It's part of the story, you know, Yeah. because it's, yeah. it's changing your mind. You know, when you have a, a tough injury like that, because I was out for one year and a half. 
So it was quite tough for me to not being able to skate. So the only means to be close with my friend was yeah, taking a camera and film with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's part of the story. I, I don't think I would film without this injury, I think. No. Oh yeah. Okay. Did it change your skating a lot? Do you feel like you're, um, let's say, before you had your injury, were you at a certain level of skating that you weren't quite able to get back to after the injury? Or do you feel like you worked your way back to where you were before the injury? No, I'm, I'm the same. At, I'm, I was back one year okay. and a half after and I, I did take the same level and even progress a bit. So it was fine. But just yeah, for the time being, one year and a half, I had some uh, pain in my ankle. So I did not have any surgeries, mm-hmm. uh, luckily. Okay. But, you know, you had some pain sometime, but then it has been gone. So it's, it was fine then. All right. I have a next one here. Hello, Juju. How do you balance your work, your skating and your family? <laughs> ah, this is Clément. Clément, <laughs> yes, Clément Vidal-Roussel. Clément Vidal, yeah, he's a, he's a young guy so from Bordeaux. We just put together a nice video uh, from the Bordeaux scene, so he reminded me uh, me uh, 12 years ago, you know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Mix, Mixing <laughs> all, all those skaters, young skaters from Bordeaux, which is great. Uh, how I balance that? So thanks to my partner, you know, she's really, uh, she really understands what I'm doing, so she's really... Supportive? Yeah, supportive with that, so she gives me a slot for that anyway during the weekend between my daughter and her. So yeah, we try to to share, you know, slots like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since many many years now, and even for traveling, you know, she's she's really supportive as well when I I want I want to go to skate or film. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, I thank her really a lot for that because for my mental health, it's really important. To yeah, yeah, to definitely. Skate. No, beside my, my full-time jobs, because it's really, uh, there is a lot of effort in my job as well to do. So I need this, this balance. Yeah, well. you need uh, the skating as a release, kind of, or as a, a creative uh, yeah, activity to immerse yourself in. Exactly, yeah. No, that's great. I thank her for that. What about your daughter? Does she have an interest for skating at all? Or is she, uh, how, how old is she? She's like around 10, isn't she? She's uh, she's 11, but sometimes she's uh, she's going with me, uh, you know, at the skate spot, and uh, I take her when we skate. So that's great. So she enjoys to to skate a bit sometimes. Okay. So you know, she she's really down to to go with me when I go out. So I take her sometimes. So that's that's great. We share that as well mm-hmm. uh, during the weekends, and she's able to film me as well. So that's great. oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, second second angles. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Second <laughs> angle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So I have a next one here from uh, Alexis Grosard that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So he said, um, is there a city in France that inspires you as much as Bordeaux that you've never skated and that would make you want to shoot lots of footage for a future video project? Ah, uh, small city in France. I think there is really good skate spots around Perpignan and Narbonne. Oh yeah, you no, know, okay. it's really mar- marble specific place. You know, it's where I would want to to skate. You know, more for sure. So marble places and spot over there. Mm-hmm. It's not really well known, but it's really great to skate, I guess. Otherwise, no, I did skate a lot of different cities in France. But yeah, those small cities in south of France, there is really gems over there. Okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, I have another audio one. Hey, Julien. What's up? Uh, I have a quick question for you. What's the best part about being an independent skate filmmaker? And what's the worst part about being an independent skate filmmaker? 
Thank you. <laughs> this is Leo, right? Yes, yes, Leo Vals, yes. So what is the best part to be an independent filmmaker? So for sure, it's the liberty of choice about who you want to film with and uh, how you want to do the editing and everything. So that's great mm. for me. Mm -hmm. This is the best part because I'm not under, you know, a brand or anything else. Total creative uh, freedom. Yeah, I'm really free to do what I want. I, I can do DVDs, you know, I can sell them and it's great. Yeah. This is the best part for me. The worst part, I don't think there is a worst part, honestly, because as long as you are free and you are free to choose who you want to film, I think there is no no worse uh, yeah, scenario, I would say, mm -hmm. honestly. No, honestly, it's all positives. Otherwise, I, I would I would not uh, continue anyway. So yeah, yeah. So for me, it's really the best. Okay, next one is from Nicola Malinowski from Bordeaux. Yeah. So he said, "Nolly backside flip or switch frontside flip." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose. Yeah. I know you you love those. You do you do a lot of those. Yeah, Nolly backside flip is my signature tricks. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you had to choose, would you would you rather stick to the nollie backside flip instead of... Uh... Yeah, stick with the nollie backside flip, clearly, because in fact, when I, I had uh, this injury, you know, I started to re-skate and uh, I did a lot of nollie backside flip. It was easier for me because it was the front foot, you know, on the nollie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're not flicking the board. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, since then, uh, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I enjoy a lot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, very easy for me. All right, the next one is from David Mano. Yeah. Also from Bordeaux, a lot of Bordeaux people, of course. So he said, if a company offered you to make skateboard filming your new full-time job with a big salary, but for that, you also had to film scooter parts, <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think in this, in this scenario, no, it would work for sure. Uh, if, you, if you remove the, the scooter parts, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I would stick with my job anyway. In this scenario with scooters and, and so on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, another audio one here. Let's see. Yoloji, c'est le F. Quel type de GoPro utiliserais-tu pour filmer la loutre des mers baltiques? Wow, I don't know who is it. That was uh, Fugs, Stéphane Fugas, the filmer. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay, it's, it's totally a weird question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> he contributed a question for when I interviewed Leo uh, Leo Vals a year yeah. uh, about a year ago. He he also um, sent me a question which was weird and funny and just absurd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so for yeah. the listeners out there, so he he asked you basically what type of GoPro would you use to film a Baltic Sea otter. <laughs> I will never use a GoPro. I will do with a VX1000 with MK1, you know, fisheye. <laughs> <laughs> Super steezy uh, Baltic Sea Otter. Okay. Yeah, and for the sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he was attempting to use the voice from uh, C'est pas sorcier, like uh, Fred et Jamy. I think that. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he was going for. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, the English listeners will be completely confused at this point. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, folks. Okay, the next question, let's see. That one is not also an audio one. Hello, Quentin. Hello, Juju. It's Andrea. Juju, I got a question for you. As an OG from Montpellier and Bordeaux, who are your OGs, filmers, and skaters' inspiration? Also, what is your camera dream setup? 
Montpellier et Bordeaux. So, this is Andrea. Yeah, yeah Andrea Dupré. Andrea yeah. Dupré. So, OG skaters in, in Montpellier. For me, it was really Damien Berbon, uh, OG guys, and Nico Rouquette, Nicolas Rouquette. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, great memories with, with them, and the way they, they were skating was really pushing me to skate more. Mm -hmm. So, it was really great. And another guy uh, named Popo, you know. Okay. I don't know if you, you will recognize. Popo, he, was, he had a great style, really skates really fast with a great style. Okay. Uh, filmers in Montpellier. Who was a filmer in Montpellier? I don't remember, honestly. Ah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, at that time, in 2000, there was Luc Anglès and Boris yeah. making videos. The MoFo crew. Yeah, yeah. all mm -hmm. the MoFo videos. So, for sure, I, I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they, they were making really great videos. And there was Seb, Seb Abbas as well. A great skater, a great filmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seb is working in Biarritz right now. He had a, a company called uh, Smoke Films, I guess. Okay. So really good skater filmer as well. So that was my inspiration for Montpellier. And in Bordeaux, in Bordeaux for sure, you cannot miss Johan, Johan Taillandier. As oh a yeah, filmer, the minuit, you know? uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with a totally unique style of and type of videos, which sticks to me. So it's really great. Mm -hmm. Johan and OG skaters. I liked a lot uh, Guillaume Dulou. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guillaume Dulou, great skater. He was part of Five Boroughs team. Yeah, that's right, yes. Really great, great style. He was in one of your first videos. I don't know if it was Days and Nights or the first Bordeaux exposure, or maybe both, but uh, he appeared in some of your videos, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he appeared yeah, in first Bordeaux exposure, but for now, I don't think he skates a lot. Or okay. I'm not sure if he's still living in Bordeaux right now, but... But really great skater and yeah, um, yeah. as well uh, JP Triolier, great skater as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, La Menace Fantôme, we call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he's super talented. I remember him, yeah. Yeah, I would say. Those OG skater and filmers. Mm -hmm. And my dream setup, honestly, I don't have really a dream setup. Right now, I'm using a P2 camera with an MK2 uh, fisheye. Okay. And I think it's fine, honestly. It works for you? Yeah, it works well for me, so that's okay. Thanks, Andrea, for this question. Yeah. All right. So the next one is from Vincent d'Allemagne. You mentioned him earlier. Yeah. So he asked three questions. So the first one is, can you give me the last part of your future video to relaunch my pro skateboarding career? <laughs> yeah, he has already a skateboard career. No problem for him. I mean, <laughs> he really is a super talented skater as well. So he will get some footage in my video anyway. Or even a part, so no, we have just to work through that. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, the next one is, uh, do you think we will have completed all our participatory budget modules by 2030? 2030. <laughs> I think that was ironic, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was ironic because he's super frustrated with me as well in this project because he's taking so much time, so much energy for us who are not paid for it, you know, it's, it's just regular citizen. Right, exactly. So he's a bit frustrated, but I'm sure next year it will be done to okay. the end with a great new spot. So I'm still positive. <laughs> And his last question is, how can the Bordeaux scene continue to shine as it does today? What remains to be done? I mean, Bordeaux is well advanced in, in skateboarding, in uh, sharing public space, you know, doing skatable sculpture. So it's well advanced. So I'm sure yeah, there is more to do anyway, you know, or mm. creative things to do. So, I mean, there is a never ending. I would yeah, say. yeah. So I would not say that we are done and everything is finished. You know, it's 
in scenes on the rise right now, honestly. Yeah. To be really uh, an example for other cities to integrate skate uh, urbanism, you know, in uh, their master plan. Okay, I have just a few last ones. Hey, uh, Julian, it's Simon. It's been a long time, man. How are you doing? I heard you still got some professional activities in, in Switzerland. Uh, how is that going? You still traveling between Bordeaux and uh, Switzerland often? Are you perhaps the most well-paid skater in France right now? Jokes aside, um, if we come over to Bordeaux, can we stay at your place? Cheers, buddy. See you soon. <laughs> is this Simon Perrotte? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still traveling between Switzerland and Bordeaux. I'm living in Bordeaux, so yeah. It's been a long time I did not see Simon, for sure. But yeah, they can come up uh, whenever they want, you know, to Bordeaux, uh, for sure. OG2000 crew and Simon, and yeah. There is totally uh, yeah new sport since a few years now, so they, they could enjoy, clearly. Mm -hmm. Come over, Simon. <laughs> okay, this one is from Jesse Narvaez. So he asked, uh, Hey Julian, we were just in Japan together last spring, and I know this was your first time. What do you think about the Japanese skateboard culture, and what was your favorite part of it? I did enjoy a lot Japan, clearly. So I know that Jesse went a lot of time, you know, several times in, in Japan, so he, he is getting used to go there, mm -hmm. clearly. But what was the most impressive for me, it's totally different. Everything is different, so every single thing, you know, was great for me, you know, just the cars, the bus, <laughs> uh, all <laughs> yeah. the streets, you know, the small streets with all the small stores, so everything was great for me, you know, I did discover everything, I was taking photos of everything, in fact. Mm. So everything was great. And what about the skating? Uh, the skating during night was great. A bit stressful, honestly, because you can be kicked out, but it's not aggressive, you know, it's an, not an aggressive country. Yeah. Because when you are kicked out, you know, even the policemen did not talk to you, they don't talk to strangers, they, they go straight to see uh, the Japanese skaters. Oh, so really? you don't feel okay. really, yeah, you don't feel really the, um, any uh, aggressivity uh, like in, in any other place. So that's what's uh, striking me. It's really calm and uh, nice, mm -hmm. very respectful. So this is uh, the part that I like, you know. For example, if you go to Paris, it's totally different. It's oh yeah, it's really sure. <laughs> it's it's like you know the, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in comparison with Tokyo, it's a big city, but it's quite you know calm and respectful. So I liked a lot this part of the Japanese culture. Mm. So yeah, that was great. Okay, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've never been to Japan, so I, I'd like to go one day and uh, see that oh, for yeah. myself, yeah. You will love that, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he, he asked a second question, Jesse. He asked, do you remember the first time we met? And he added, Carlos Young, sleeping horse. Yeah, the first time I met Jesse was, yeah, in uh, San Francisco in 2014. So for sure, I remember Carlos, Carlos Young for sure, and uh, Sleeping Horse. So it's, uh, yeah, John Lindsay. So yeah, we we had great time. They, they were showing me all the spots in San Francisco, uh, cruising, skating, filming. Uh, it was great. It was great memories. Thanks, Jesse, for, for showing me all the, all the spots. It was really great. Thank you. Okay, and the last one is from uh, Jimmy Lannan from the Magenta Crew. So he asked, how has skate urbanism changed the vibe in Bordeaux between the city and the skaters? Yeah, for sure, the relationship has changed. Even with publics, I much more, you know, enjoy it because there are things that it's made for us and by us. 
sometimes. Mm -hmm. So they are clearly seeing that it's changing the mind, I would say. Maybe there is a with less less aggressivity because it's really part of the of the city now. Mm. And honestly, they are seeing skaters everywhere in each street. You know, it's crazy when you you walk in Bordeaux. There is skaters everywhere. Yeah, so you cannot miss it. So for sure, it's, uh, it is participating to this atmosphere as well. So I think it's it's for the best now. Yeah, mm -hmm. in comparison with the other city where there is skate stoppers everywhere, like in Montpellier, it's a nightmare. Yeah. In Montpellier, they killed the, the, the skate sculpture. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. And it was you know a big skate scene uh, 20 years ago. Now it's almost dead, I would say, because they did this big skate park, enormous skate park in Gramont. Oh yeah, with millions, you know, mm -hmm, seeking mm -hmm. to park its skater over there, but. They are still uh, skaters, you know, skating in the city, like Bastien. Yeah, yeah, and his crew. Making those videos, you know, uh, yeah, beer, those beer videos, which, beer videos yeah. which is great. Yeah. So I hope they could change a bit the, the mindset in Montpellier to do more uh, skatable, you know, places and ensure to shift uh, their mind because right now it's a bit difficult. Yeah. I don't know if it's Bastien who's running that, but uh, I saw on Instagram there's this like initiative called Henri Libre that is uh, yeah. like an association that is inspired by your, you guys' work in Bordeaux, trying to develop similar initiatives in uh, Montpellier. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Maxime Garlin oh, yeah, yeah. who is ru running that, you know, uh, and they are trying to meet with the council to try to do some projects, but I think that it's not really so, so supported right now. Okay. I don't see uh, things coming up. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they need help for sure. Okay. So maybe we could give help after. Let's see. Okay, let's wrap it up here. Thank you so much, uh, Julien. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me. That was really fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's it for my conversation with Julian. Follow him on Instagram at Julian underscore J. Go watch and rewatch all of his amazing Bordeaux exposure videos from the last 10 plus years and keep an eye out for the upcoming second volume of his Bordeaux exposure series. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards. <laughs>